This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a supernatural superfan and a supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the hit CW show. This week, we're going to be covering Season 1, Episode 1, Pilot. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. I guess we should start with introducing ourselves. So yeah, this just, is our first one again. <laughs> I was just reading through the synopsis from the the super wiki that I copied and pasted into my notes, and it says Sam crying on the baby phone, which I think is a reference. Me. <laughs> I think. I think. Um. They're referring to the baby monitor, but they called it the baby phone, and I kind of love that. (laughs) That's just totally off topic. Okay, we should introduce ourselves. So, because this is our first episode. Um, I don't know what I did last time. I'm Kenzie. Uh, We already (laughs) did that part. <laughs> We're girlfriends and nerds. Um and I really like Supernatural and Haley really I likes don't. me. I'm just <laughs> no, Haley likes it too. I started watching Supernatural the summer before my junior year of high school, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um it was 2014. So between season nine and season ten, um, and I like watched I watched three episodes a night, <laughs> and finished, you know, nine seasons over the summer. Um, excuse me, good lord. A lot of seasons. And have been yeah. Well, there's fucking fifteen. I mean, all at once in one summer. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I mean, I watched eleven and a half seasons of Criminal Minds in a month, so. <laughs> It's not oh my, my God, not dude. my best work. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's impressive. You've yeah. my standards. Yeah. <laughs> so I got into the show in 2014. Uh, I binge watched. I have seen every single episode. Most of them, I did a a mass rewatch um, before season 13. Where I watched, you know, 1 through 12. Uh, I just did a big, big rewatch. Um, so, and I'm slowly, slowly rewatching season 13 alongside the Monster of the Week podcast, which is another great supernatural podcast that I highly recommend you guys check out. Um,. But yeah, so I've seen I've seen the whole show multiple times over. Haley has seen through almost all of season three. Where did we leave off? Did we leave off with Ghost Facers or the episode after that? What's the episode after? I don't remember what the episode after that was. Um, let me see. I think it's the episode after that. I think we did, but I don't know what it was. Um, no, we left off with lo- with Ghost Facers because the one after that. 
is um, long distance call, which we have not seen yet. Mm. I gotta say, so, season three is my favorite so far. Season three is really good. That's where that's where Haley's at. You've seen all the way through um, Ghost Facers, which is episode thirteen of season three. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of where we are in the show. Um, Haley's seen through Ghost Facers. I've seen the entire show through where I am in season 13. And I should also clarify, we're also re-watching as we do the podcast. Yes. So I'm re-watching season one currently. (laughs) Which is good because she hasn't actually seen it in a while. I am also a fellow nerd. So, yeah. About other things. (laughs) He's a big time nerd, which is one of the things we've connected on. So, it's really nice. Whether Star Wars or Harry Potter. Or Marvel. Marvel. I like it all. Yep. (laughs) And we'll talk great. hours with, yes. about it with you any day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's about where we're at. In honor of the 300th episode, Eric Kripke, the creator of Supernatural, uh, released he, he, the, his original Supernatural pitch from 2004 uh, on Twitter. Um, so I kind of want to read a little bit of They're that. Where did it go? Here how, it is. How long was the pitch? How many episodes was um, it? He originally pitched, so he has a, a show bible. It's like the tone of the world, the characters, you know, the characters and franchise, <laughs> and then like the series itself, um, where he kind of goes through like his goals for the show. And in the, in the very first sentence of the, the pitch, he describes Supernatural as X-Files meets Route 66, it's two brothers cruising the dusty back roads in their trusty 64 Mustang at the time it was, um, I can't, battling the things that go bump in the night. Um, but it's much more than that. So I guess we'll just jump right into the episode. Um. <laughs> I forgot, I forgot that these notes do not include the summary, like, I didn't summarize the episode as I went, I just, like, made notes on my thoughts, so, this episode starts us on November 2nd, 1983, and we get little baby Sammy, who's very cute, I swear to God, every time they have a baby Sam in the show, they do a couple, They have a couple baby Sammies, and he's always freaking adorable. There's there's a baby Sammy in season twelve, I think, and he is just a chunk. Like he is an absolute <laughs> unit of a child, and he's so fucking cute. Like he's got the round rosy cheeks Aww. and the chubby legs, and oh my god, he's so fucking cute. <laughs> they always pick good babies for when it's baby Sam. I love it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yeah, so we in, we're we introduced to a baby Sam and a young Dean Winchester. Dean is four at this time. Um, in Lawrence, Kansas, getting ready for bed. So they're about four years apart? Yeah. Yeah. Which is fun because Jared and Jensen are four years apart, too. Oh, that's probably why they yeah, did that. <laughs> it worked out real nice. That's not exact, but I feel like that may have already been the, the age gap. Um... Because if you read some of Kripke's synopses, there's still a four-year difference between them. It's just that they were a year older in the original, 
synopses than they are in the pilot. In the pilot, when we when we reach present day, Sam is 22 and Dean is 26. But in the synopses, or at least in one of them where it mentions it, Sam is 23 and Dean is 27. Hmm. So I don't know why they bumped them down a year, but they did. <laughs> they have longer to go, I guess, before yeah. they get old. <laughs> I guess. Um, I also, I, <laughs> I watched, I watched, I just realized, oh my god. We are the exact same age <laughs> difference as Sam and Dean. Wow. <laughs> now you have to cosplay as Dean for fan night. One night. Well, that reminds me, I ordered something. Uh-oh. It's arrived, I think, in the mailbox. I don't have to go into the mailbox for Friday. Um, it's teen related that I got for a cosplay. Oh boy! <laughs> did you get his? Did you get the sandalwood? Maybe. <gasps> Babe, there was a good deal on it on Mercari, so I bought oh, it. That's awesome. <laughs> I've always wanted one of those. That'll be really nice to have for a cosplay because that'll make it more authentic. Yeah. Um. I figured you embody Sam. I embody you. Right? <laughs> for cosplay. Yay! Okay, we're all over the place. Um. Okay, so we meet we meet Sam and baby Sam, baby Dean. We meet uh, Mary Winchester, their mom, who's played by Samantha Smith. She is amazing. The woman turned 50 last year, if I remember correctly, and she looks so fucking good still. Like, I want to look that good when I'm 50. <laughs> She's gorgeous. Um, and then Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Who as John Winchester, who also looks great for his age. He's about 10 years older than Jensen is. So they were originally... This oh, is something. <laughs> this is something I learned. Um, He's only 10 because, years older than Jensen, really? Yeah, about. So I recently watched Michael Rosenbaum's um, 2020... Uh, or, why did I say it? 2020. I watched Michael Rosenbaum's 2020... Jensen Ackles interview recently for his podcast Inside of You. Um, for those of you who don't know who Michael Rosenbaum is, he played Lex Luthor on Smallville, which Jensen That's why I was. I recognize that name. <laughs> Jensen was also on Smallville. He played. Um, I don't remember his character's name. He played like the assistant football coach, <laughs> and was on for a couple seasons. But if I remember correctly, I think they wrote him off so he could go beyond Supernatural. Um, so the two of them know each other. And Jensen talked in the interview that they originally, so they had Jeffrey Dean Morgan for John when the boys are young, and then because Jeffrey Dean Morgan is only about 10 years or so older than Jensen, they were like, this is not a big enough age difference to be his father. So they wanted, (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is who Jensen said it was. I was watching it late at night. They wanted Bruce Campbell. You know who Bruce Campbell is? I think so. I love Bruce Campbell. Wait, is that I the guy from him. Sky High? I uh, yes. Coach Boomer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love yes. him. <laughs> uh, I, I know him from Burn Notice. <laughs> yes, he's also in that. Yeah. <laughs> I love him in Burn Notice. Um. Ooh. Ooh. Apparently, he has teased an appearance in the next Doctor Strange movie, so that's great, too. Hmm, But yeah, he he's a fantastic actor. He's an iconic actor. 
And he would have made a lot great, of things. <laughs> he would have made a great John Winchester. <laughs> um, yeah, I know him from Burn Notice. Yeah, he was in Star Wars. He was also in and two. And two. I don't remember who he oh, played. He was the usher. <laughs> the what? He was the usher for the um Mary Jane's play. Oh, he wouldn't let him in because he was late. I know him. I know him. I know him as Sam from Sam Axe from Burn Notice. I fucking love Burn Notice. To this, I've it's been a while since I've seen that show, and I've watched a lot of TV in between then and now. Um, but to this day, the ending of Burn Notice is one of my absolute favorite TV show endings. I heard that one's really good. It's so it. good. It is such a good show. But yeah, they wanted Bruce Campbell to be older John Winchester mm. for later in the season. But um, they couldn't make it work for some reason. And so they just grade up Jeffrey D. Morgan a bit. I mean, it works. <laughs> it works. And he's you, a fantastic you, actor. You buy it, but he's... Their dad, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. They he has great chemistry with Jared and Jensen. He's just an all-around amazing actor. So I'm really glad that we got to keep Jeffrey Dean Morgan. But the idea of Bruce Campbell as John Winchester is so like so would have given it a bit more of a comedic flair. <laughs> a little bit, probably. It'd be kind of like more of the odd hunter dad, maybe, maybe yeah. more than like the brooding. Yeah. I don't know. know. It's hard to imagine because I love Jeffrey D. Morgan so much as John. I think he's so good. It's really hard to imagine anyone else playing him, but it could have been fun. (laughs) Um, Okay, going back to (laughs) Supernatural. (laughs) I didn't tangent too far, just a little. That's a cool tidbit that I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So, um, Dean... Uh, says goodnight to Sam. It's really cute. <laughs> uh, and then the Winchesters all all go to bed. Well, Mary goes to bed, and that's where we see her next. She hears Sam crying on what the supernatural wiki calls the baby phone. Someone who hasn't had a baby before. <laughs> it's a baby monitor. So yeah, she hears Sam crying over the baby monitor and goes to investigate. She sees someone standing over Sam's crib, um, and assumes it's her husband. Because and it really looks like it. it does, and I think it might have been. I have... Well, Chloe, I love you. <laughs> Please stop. Jeffrey or D. Morgan kind of be the stand-in for the yellow eye I don't guy? know. That's what I, I want to know. Because it looks a lot like him a lot. Until it he finally gets the proper casting sense. for him. It would make sense, because in every episode that we meet yellow eyes before... Um, he possesses before he's played by um, Frederick Lane. I think is how you say his last name. I'm not 100 percent sure. I don't have it in front of me, so I can't tell you for sure. Um, before the we get the the actor who we know plays him in season two. Every single episode where Yellow Eyes makes some sort of appearance, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is in that episode because um, mm-hmm. he's in he's in the pilot. He's in Home. He's in the finale. <laughs> yeah, every time you see just the silhouette, it looks like Jeffrey D. Morgan. <laughs> yeah. That it could be yeah. him, at least. I think... Until they, until, they actually show his face. <laughs> yeah, until the... Until the, the, the scene later on in the show. I think it's near the end of season two where it's kind of revealed. Um, it was the end of season one, right? Not two. No... 
when I'm thinking, I'm thinking specifically of the scene. This is a spoiler for season, the end of season two. Um, the yeah, we scene, jump all over the place The a lot. scene at the end of season two where is uh, Yellow Eyes is telling Sam what happened in his dream. And they go back to the nursery in Sam's dream. And you see Yellow Eyes turn around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see his face um, as he's standing over Sam's crib and he kills Mary. You see his face there. But isn't the start of season two the first time we see him? That's the first time we see that actor. But that's the first... he, he We meet that actor playing Yellow Eyes at the beginning of season two. But I'm specifically yeah. talking about when we have a silhouetted Yellow Eyes. Um, we have one in the pilot. We have one in home. Um, and then Jeffrey D. Morgan obviously plays Yellow Eyes at the end of season one. Um, and then we get... I'm pretty sure his name is Frederick, playing Yellow Eyes in season two. And when mm-hmm. we go back to the nursery at the end of season two in Sam's dream, <laughs> there's a... <laughs> when we go back to the nursery at the end of season two in Sam's dream, there's two Yellow Eyes and they're both, you know, well, obviously one was probably a stand-in at some point, but it's that they show his face, the silhouette's face at that time. He turns and you see his face and his eyes. Mm-hmm. Um... I can specifically remember this shot in my head. <laughs> I don't remember that episode at all. So. so, but before that point, every single time that we see Yellow Eyes, like, silhouette figure, you know, when he's, like, standing in the burning nursery in home, and it's, um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is also in that episode. And it makes, I just, I don't know, it's entirely possible that it's a stand-in. I'd imagine for the pilot, it probably wasn't. Probably. It was probably Jeffrey probably Dean Morgan. Cast him yet. Yeah, it was. It could potentially be Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but like I haven't been able to actually find that information anywhere for sure. He's not, he's not so credited, right? He's not credited as being like yellow eyes silhouette or anything like that. So it's just it's just something that I've wondered about for seven years <laughs> and have you never gotten an answer to. From Task Kripke. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Mary sees um, what we'll later learn is Yellow Eyes standing over Sam's crib and assumes it's John. But as she leaves to go back to bed, she sees the lamp flickering at the end of the hallway. Um, the little wall sconce thing. And then she, like, taps it with her fingernail, which is a very satisfying sound. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever, like, if a light was flickering, would you go up and touch it? No. I don't know. Maybe if it was a bare bulb hanging in like a wall sconce, maybe, but only I'd probably that, like turn it only to make that, sure it was screwed in all the way. Only if that helps, because in my parents' house there are light bulbs that like if they like move, it's like on a chandelier in the dining room, then they'll like flicker. So you actually do have to like twist them and touch yeah. them and stuff. See, that's what I would do is I go up and be like, is this just coming unscrewed a little bit and like yeah. tighten it? But she's just like tapping it. I don't know. When Mary is tapping a light bulb to make it stop flickering, she notices um, the TV is on downstairs and goes down to realize that John has fallen asleep in front of the TV, which is such a dad thing to do. Yeah. Honest to God. <laughs> Dads have a superpower. Where they can just fall asleep anywhere. My dad, he gets home from work and he sits down in his chair 
and he like takes his thing off and if you do not get him right back up out of his chair immediately to do something he will crash <laughs> like he'll yeah, just my dad just... has a nap for being able to sleep in chairs too i don't yeah, know what it is yeah. or he'll be like i can't he'll be like the other hand he'll be like i want to take a nap on the couch we'll be like okay have fun and he'll lay down on the couch and about within minutes he is snoring i don't get it <laughs> It's not, <laughs> it's not fair. And someone with, I can't, I have trouble falling asleep. I have trouble staying asleep and I have trouble waking up. Mm-hmm. And I, I deal with something called intrusive sleep, which is basically where if something isn't stimulating enough for my brain or if it's overstimulating, sometimes my brain, my body just goes, okay, nap time. <laughs> It just like shuts down and I'll just get this wave of exhaustion. It's really, really annoying and makes classes really difficult if it's not a subject I'm strongly interested in. Um, so, but yeah, okay. John is asleep in front of the TV. And as soon as Mary realizes this, she goes running back to Sam's room. And then we cut back to John and all you hear is Mary scream. Um, and Sam, John runs up to Sam's room and Mary isn't there, so he, like, calms down a little bit and, like, goes in to check on Sam, I guess. I don't know. I feel like if, like, if, if you were downstairs and I screamed and you ran upstairs and I wasn't in the first room you looked in, would you stop looking? No. I would be freaking out. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's plot. She's dead anyway, so. Like, oh, she stopped screaming. She must be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, but Logic. yeah, John discovers Mary is stuck to the ceiling. Um, she bursts into flames, and here Dean rushes. Poor little Dean rushes in with his cute little haircut. He's kind of got a bowl cut. It's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and John shoves a baby into a four-year-old's arms and tells him, um, "Take your brother outside as you as fast as you can." And this this moment is end of if, Dean's childhood <laughs> is a formative moment for Dean Winchester. In case you didn't know, and this is def. I've always said this is the moment that like something in Dean changed, mm-hmm. um, and suddenly Sam is his whole world. You know, yeah. And I mean, for a lot of their childhoods, all these boys had was each other. It's, <laughs> I'd be surprised if they weren't insanely codependent yeah (laughs) so like they are so but yeah and then the john manages to escape the room as it bursts into flames and then it explodes (laughs) it full-on blows up (laughs) like as john is as john is running out of the house and dean is standing on the lawn staring up at the like the fire in the nursery windows and john scoops him up and the nursery just explodes (laughs) it's wild dramatic oh my god it's so dramatic i love it (laughs) so that's what this show does oh my gosh it's like a show thing but like if there's fire involved it's always flammable fire (laughs) in movies too like if you notice in twilight whenever (gasps) they call it flammable fire sorry i meant explosive (laughs) fire (laughs) (laughs) of course it's flammable fire (laughs) i meant explosive fire okay 
when they set the vampires on fire, they just like immediately like they're drenched in gasoline. They just like light up. In what? In Twilight. In Twilight. That's yeah. amazing. I've never it seen makes Twilight. zero sense. <laughs> like, are they very gas gaseous? Vampires? Like, what is? <laughs> maybe it's because maybe maybe it's because the t- vampires are undead, right? So maybe they're like all dried out. <laughs> Yeah, but they're like supposedly like made of stone. What the, the Twilight fuck? universe? <laughs> okay, I know nothing about Twilight. Um, but we cut back to Supernatural. Ooh, I just highlighted like half a page of notes on accident. Twenty-two years later, to the present, we are at Stanford University uh, in Palo Alto, California, on Halloween, aka. Two nights before Mary, the anniversary of Mary's death. Um, Sam's grown up. He's cute. He's got floppy hair and puppy dog eyes. And he's going to a Halloween party with his girlfriend, Jess. Who, <laughs> she's dressed as a nurse, right? She looks fucking fantastic because it's Adrian Kalinke. Is that his last name? I don't remember. She's gorgeous. She's absolutely stunning. Um, but the fact that, for some reason for the fandom, the fact that she's dressed as a nurse has equated to her being a nursing student. <laughs> I don't know a single nursing student that would dress as a sexy nurse for Halloween. <laughs> Maybe for the laughs, I guess. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, but in in fan fiction, she is always a med student of some kind. Well, almost always. Makes more sense for her to go to Stanford for that than Sam as a law student. (laughs) Well, Stanford does have a law school. Pre-law, though. Sam is pre-law, but the thing is, I love him. But if you go and, like, do a little digging into Stanford's pre-law program, they do not require you to take any law classes prior to you getting into the law school. So Sam... Mr. Pre-Law Winchester has never he made up for himself. Has Sam Lawboy, that is his Gmail or his his Stanford University email is fucking Lawboy. Um Sam Lawboy Winchester has never taken a law class in his entire fucking life. Like there's no He's taking generals, but to make himself feel better, he says, I'm pre-law. So Sam and Jess are going to a Halloween party. There's a deleted scene here um, where they, like, meet up with one of Sam's friends on the street and chat for a little bit. But in the actual episode, we cut straight to a bar and learn that Sam got, I think it was a 174 on his SAT, which is a good, that's a good score. Oh, I forgot to mention Sam has a, the picture for Mary's nightstand on in his apartment. They do this when Mary gets woken up by Sam. They, like, mm-hmm. zoom in on a picture of her and John in a frame. And then when we're in Sam's apartment, it starts on a picture of Mary and John, that same picture in a frame. Um, and then we get Sam being a party pooper and not, do I have to go? <laughs> we find out that Sam has uh, a lot, an interview for Stanford's law school. On Monday morning. Um, and then we cut to uh, that night, right? Like the middle of the night. Sam and Jess are asleep. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how she could not be cuddling Sam Winchester because I feel like he gives great cuddles. But I also feel like he's a fucking furnace. Like, that's that's a thing in 
fanon at least is that sam is just like a walking furnace <laughs> like he's this giant human space heater <laughs> which considering the fact that jared padalecki is in fact a walking furnace it that's probably where that came from the man sweats like he died <laughs> Like, Jensen carries, like, towels around (laughs) to just, like, mop up his big, messy friend. (laughs) I love them. (laughs) Um, But this is where we meet grown-up Dean, because grown-up Dean thought it was a good idea to break into Sam's apartment in the middle of the night, because fucking Dean. Um, Karate standoff in the dark. uh, Yeah, we get this in-the-dark fight scene. Um before uh the, like Dean gets Sam pinned <laughs> and then we get the uh whoa there tiger or easy there tiger which I love that line I love that line it's so classically Dean it's, oh, yeah. and it's kind of cheesy and I love it but yeah we get kind of introduced this is Dean this is Sam's older brother Jess comes in and Dean like hits on her a bit I mean she's gorgeous uh, but this is, uh, it's also very typical, Dean. <laughs> this is really... Like, come on, Dean, that's your brother's girlfriend. Yeah, come yeah. On. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things in fanfic is when Sam and Jess are, like, getting married, and Dean's like, it's not too late to pick the hotter brother. <laughs> and Jess is like, <laughs> like cause they, I don't know, it's cute. We don't get to know Jess that well in within the canon of the show. Mm-hmm. Um but I really love her in, in fanfic and stuff because she's always really spunky and, you know, she's a, like, you know, she's just a great character. And I really I really wish we got to know her better, but instead she <laughs> dies at the end of this episode. Spoilers! <laughs> she lasts one episode. She lasted one episode <laughs> and she wasn't even in most of it. <laughs> Longer than Mary lasted. <laughs> yeah, Mary lasted. The cold open. The cold open. <laughs> it only lasted like three minutes. Um, I mean, that does set up the whole show. So. <laughs> yes, yes. So, but yeah, this this scene with Jess is really setting up Dean's slightly sexist macho personality that he uses as a shield. Because mm-hmm. deep down inside, Dean is a scared little boy, um, you know, watching a nursery explode with his brother, you know, baby brother in his arms. Like, Dean is still... At his core, that little boy, you know, and he, he carries a lot of trauma with him. So much trauma, but he's got all these shields and, you know, personal rules and stuff that he has built up around himself to, as protection, because he needed it to survive. So, um, but this is where we get... Uh, Dean's like, yeah, we got some family business to talk about. And Sam says, anything you can say in front of me, you can say in front of her. Which, Sam, you know my friend. What he's there for. Like, come on. Knowing your family. <laughs> you haven't told just the truth. So, no. <laughs> and then he tells her to leave two seconds later. Yeah, it's really great. So, yeah. But we get the, the iconic, uh, dad hasn't been home in a few days. Sam says he's working. He's working overtime on a Miller time shift. He'll stumble back in eventually. Dean says, well, then Dean says, dad's on a hunting trip. And he hasn't been home in a few days. 
And this is where we get a dramatic zoom on Sam's face, which I fucking love the dramatic zooms in this show. There's a great one on a paperclip later this episode that just cracks me up every time. Um, there's even some like dun 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 music that goes with the paperclip one. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but and then Sam says, Jess, will you excuse us? And the boys go outside and I never I rewatched this, obviously, and I never noticed, like, that they're, like, going down a staircase, and then when they go outside, they come up another staircase. Like, the entrance to this apartment building is down a floor, but it's not like a, like, sometimes, you know, you get those apartments where it's, like, down a level is, like, the first floor, and then you go up to second, up to third. You know, it's not like that kind of entrance. It's like there's a staircase parallel to the wall, the exterior wall of the building that goes down to a door that the boys go, that that they come out of. So they, like, go through the staircase on the inside of Sam's building. And then there's that door where they pause and have their their exposition dump conversation, well, part of it, um, with the gorgeous shadow lighting that I absolutely love. Um, And then they go through the door... (laughs) And then I maybe I'm misremembering I don't it, what the but they like is. <laughs> I never really paid attention to it. it. Just confused me the way it was blocked, that exterior shot leading out to the Impala, and it does definitely feel like Sam is kind of following Dean, because which makes sense, because Sam doesn't know where Dean parked the car. <laughs> but yeah, we get this great they get an exposition dump, which I think it's a pilot episode. We need an exposition dump. Yeah. Because we don't know shit, man. It's 22 years have passed. Their mom died, now what? <laughs> we don't know that their dad's the hunter, that they're a hunter. We don't know any of that. That they were raised like warriors. Oh Sam, I love you. You are such a drama queen. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the first lines I wrote down. When I was taking notes for this episode, I'm like, really? That was like the cheesiest line I've ever heard. When Dad told me I was afraid of the thing in my closet, he gave me a forty-five. What was he supposed to do? Tell me not to be afraid of the dark. Not to be afraid. You know what's out there. <laughs> I was nine, Dean. <laughs> I've seen this episode too many times. It's like comfort food. That's why I ended up rewatching it the other night. Like, because I was like kind of feeling anxious and shitty, and so I just put on the <laughs> supernatural pilot to help myself feel better. Also, I needed to rewatch it anyways, but yeah. This is our first kind of introduction to the Impala and to the fact that the boys don't have a spare tire. They have a wheel well full of weapons. <laughs> um, they yep. also catch a small glimpse in this in this scene of a grenade launcher, which will show up on and off in the trunk throughout the seasons, uh, but will not actually be used until like season 12. <laughs> oh, wow. They'll play off that check. They'll use that Chekhov's pistol eventually, but it takes them a while. <laughs> So, this is where we find out that John was hunting down in Jericho, California, um, and he gave Dean a call, but the, the voicemail is all, like, staticky, broken up, and there's what Sam calls EVP. Electronic on... voice phenomenon. Yeah! Um, and Dean, like, did all the techo, techo. Wow. <laughs> Techno whatever to like sort and like separate the EVP from the voicemail itself, get rid of the static and stuff, and it's just a, it's a woman's voice saying, I can never go home. 
Um, we also, something I just forgot to mention, um, Dean's, John, or Sam is like, well, why weren't you worth, with dad? And Dean's like, I was off doing my own thing. I think he says in New Orleans. Um, why did I say it like that? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, New, I just said New Orleans kind of funny. It just, I don't know, it felt weird in my mouth. It, it probably, normal to me. <laughs> it probably sounded fine, but it felt weird in my mouth. Um, and Sam is, like, surprised that dad, or John let Dean go on a hunting trip alone. Um, and we get Dean's, dude, I'm 26. <laughs> but it's really interesting because it kind of, I don't know. There's something, like, implied there about John or Sam not thinking Dean is capable of hunting on his own. I don't know. Or if maybe may, John or never the, let them do that in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, John's protectiveness. Or doesn't let Sam do it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think it may be speaking a lot to John's, like, protective nature and the, like, tight handle he yeah. kept on his sons for years and years. Um... Especially with Sam. Especially with Sam. Was he investigating what they're gonna go investigate this episode? Yes. John was hunting the woman in white. Okay. Because they find out it was a woman in white from his motel room, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that point. Um, and I don't remember why John took off. He got a lead. A lead on, yeah, the, on the demon, I guess. They never really explicitly state yeah. why he left. This is kind of um, why. Yeah, because he left in a hurry. He didn't take his journal. He didn't clear out his motel room. He left in the middle of a job. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't complete the job. Um, But, so, like, we know, we find out later that he left because of something to do with the demon. But we don't actually ever find out exactly what happened. Yeah. Like, what did he learn? How did he learn it? And then he's off. On these different demon leagues for pretty much the whole season. Basically. I don't think we... Please let me know clues to do the work that he was gonna do. But then he (laughs) got distracted. Yeah. I don't think we see him until... Um... Is it... Dead Man's Blood? I think is the episode name. I think it was a vampire one. I was trying to remember the name of it. Okay. Getting back to the episode... Um, Sam's like, well, you know where Dean, where dad was, why don't you just go get him what you need me for, and Dean's like, you know, two years, I've never, you know, bothered you, never asked you for anything, the two years never changes a couple times in the series, I think at one point they say three, at one point I think they say four, but, hmm. so, like, we don't actually know. Two to four years. <laughs> yeah, we don't actually really know for sure how long Sam was at school or how long it's been since he's... That's the bigger That's the bigger difference. Because it could be Sam's been at school for four years. Because it's kind of implied he left when he was 18. And he's 22 now. Sam could have been at school for four years and been in contact with Dean for the first two. Mm-hmm. That's entirely possible. But... There's, like, a whole bunch of meta stuff there that I just, I don't have the brain power to get into. Um. So, uh, earlier we had a, I skipped right over it, but we got our first moment of, uh, um, of, well, of Dean saying, I can't do this alone, and Sam saying, yes, you can, and Dean saying, yeah, well, I don't want to. Um. I feel like I'm talking a lot about Dean for a Sam podcast. 
mean, but we're better. setting up a lot of Dean stuff in this scene. A lot of um, Dean's kind of dependency on his family. Dean is a very family-centric character. He, and with John, like, he can be separate from his family, but he has to know where they are and, like, know they're safe. And so with John suddenly missing, Dean needs to at least see the one person that he knows is safe. He needs to yeah. reassure himself that Sam is okay. And he needs, well, he doesn't, he could go look for Dean on his own. But he really is craving having his brother by his side again for this because he, he like I said earlier, he's a scared little boy. His dad is missing. His dad, like usually. Yeah, is. he can't. He, the, the one who's supposed to always be there is the one who's no longer there. And so now he's turning back to the brother that he's obviously lost contact with in the last couple of years, but who holds a very dear place in his heart. And he, you know. He really needs Sam to come with him. Yeah. And he does persuade Sam to come with him. Um, as long as they're back by Monday because Sam has his law interview. Uh, <laughs> law program, right? Yeah, for for Stanford School of Law. Um, We get a little goodbye scene between Sam and Jess where Sam has this fucking wicked knife thing. Did you catch that? Yeah. It's, we never see that again. He puts it in his bag real quick before she comes in. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Sam casually packing giant knives in his satchel is what I wrote. Good lord. <laughs> it's like a scythe. Yeah. Yeah. It's Big wild. It's wild looking. Um, Why Jess does he is, even have that in I his apartment? <laughs> Jess is very concerned. Um, For I, good reason. Yeah. She, she has every valid reason to be concerned. Because her boyfriend whose family, he never really talks about his family. She doesn't know anything really, at least about the truth of his past. Uh, her, His brother just showed up at, in the middle of the night, said their dad is missing. Yeah, <laughs> said their dad is missing, and now Sam is leaving with said brother in the middle with of the night. Sight. I don't think she caught the, saw the weapon, but yeah. And I mean, Sam just plays it off like, oh, he's up at, that. he's up at the cabin with Jack, Jim, and Jose will, you know, yeah, dry him out, bring him home. Basically. Jack, Jim, and Jose. Is that from the episode? Or yeah. did we just make those no, up? No, that's from the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's from the episode. That's me quoting Sam Winchester verbatim like I am. Oh. You know, Jack Daniels. Um, oh, okay. Jim, I don't remember. Jim Dean. Yeah. Dean. Dean. Wait, no, it's not Jim Dean. Jim Beam. Yeah. <laughs> and Jose Cuervo. Which is the first alcohol name I ever learned. Really? Because it's even the heard name of a song. Um, let me let me look it up real quick for you. Um it's, we're both it's a tequilo. Uh, a tequilo. Wow. <laughs> I've never drunk anything in my I life. Drink occasionally, but um, <laughs> it's ten rounds with Jose Cuervo. This is the song I'm thinking about. Uh, but yeah, Sam kind of brushes off Jess's concern and leaves. And this is where we meet 
our our monster for the episode. We also meet a douchebag, but he's not important because Sarah Shahi is on screen and she's fantastic. I love her so much. Me, whenever there's a woman on screen versus honest a man, like, honest to God. Well, one of them's a cheating dick and the other's a hot ghost. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which one am I likely to prefer? So yeah, we meet. I think his name's Troy. He's on the phone with his girlfriend Amy. Uh, and then he obviously lying about he says he can't come over because he's got work in the morning um which is like a valid excuse but then he sees this gorgeous woman standing on the side of the road and is like i'll call you back and pulls over probably genuinely wanting to help her because i mean they're in the middle of fucking nowhere She's barefoot in also, a white she's dress. she's a lady and he's a douchey dude. So. Yes, yes. She's, <laughs> but she's barefoot in a white dress on Halloween night. Hmm. In the middle of the fucking night. Like on an abandoned bridge. On a, in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Like, <laughs> I would be concerned too. <laughs> like, lady, are you okay? Um, and she gets in the car and immediately starts flirting with him. And he's into it. Because she is... Sarah Shahi is fantastic. In fair, everything she, she does, <laughs> and she is absolutely gorgeous and knows how to use it. But also, like, he has a girlfriend. So he he's has being a dick. yes, yes. She's hitting on him. He's being a cheating dick. Um, gosh, but she's so good. I could talk about Sarah Shahi for forever. I yay shush <laughs> says my girlfriend that's one of the reasons i like you <laughs> it wouldn't work out it definitely <laughs> works in your face otherwise um so i know sarah shahi from person of interest um she's got great screen presence she's just stunning if you listen to the director's commentary for this episode though one of the, like the producer dudes just the whole episode is like oh she was so hot. It was so great to have her on set. She's just absolutely stunning woman. And I kind of sound like him, but she is so fucking talented. I I want to go watch. I want to rewatch Person of Interest. I want to rewatch Burn Notice. I want to rewatch Person of Interest because both are great shows. And uh, I'm in a mood. I am tangenting so hard. Let's <laughs> tangent back to the episode. Um, because the woman in white. Constance, that's her name. So I'll just spoil that yeah. right off the way because it's easier. She directs Troy the douchebag back to her house, which is like abandoned and decrepit and looks so good. <laughs> it's a great set. The the set dressing and the location is so spooky. I love it. Um, and then she disappears out of the car. Mm-hmm. And Troy goes into the creepy house like a normal person because logic i've seen this episode like six times and i do not know what it is that flies out of the house and scares him they're bats is it bats they don't look like bats i don't know something scares him and he comes running um it's not constance i know because she can't go into the house um but he gets in the car and constance does she take control of the car? I don't know I if she does so. it here, but she drives in. They drive to the bridge uh, that or she jumped off of. He drives back and then she appears while he's driving. She appears like right as he gets in the car. Oh. Um, I think she takes control of the car. They go back to the bridge. Um, and they go to the bridge that we later find, learn she jumped off of, which is also a great location. 
honest to God, these early seasons have some of the best sets. Uh, <laughs> it's very um, dark and gritty. And it's very, yeah, yeah. I love, I love when they're in an exterior location, too, because they love to just kind of explore Vancouver's surrounding, you know, wilderness and find anything they, they can. they always filmed it in Vancouver, then? Yeah, the show's always been filmed in Vancouver. I think sometimes... It's a CW thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like... Jaren Jensen had mentioned a couple times that, like, sometimes there'd be, like, a scene or something that was filmed in L.A. or outside of elsewhere. But, um, like, the the Supernatural Studios, that is what they are officially called now, the Warner Brothers studio that the the Warner Brothers um, soundstage that the show filmed on for, I'm not sure the entire 15 years, but for at least the last good long while, um, has a plaque by the front door with the Impala on it that says Supernatural Studios. Oh, cool. It makes me very happy. That's really cool. Yeah. So, um, but Troy is on the bridge and he dies. A bloody, gruesome death that we don't get to see and then well, later the car is clean. I'm like, what did she do to him? Did he explode? <laughs> Because you just see a splatter of blood, which is a popular thing that happens in season one, just splatters of blood. Just, someone just had a squib and it just, just blood. And then, then, yes, it ends up being clean later. Yeah, so like, yeah later, later when the boys get to the crime scene and the car's there, the car is spotless, which I don't understand. Even but before that, that, before that, we're at a gas station, the boys are filling up the car and then Dean or Sam gives Dean some shit for his cassette tapes which I love him he's like you really gotta gotta update update your your cassette cassette collection collection. (laughs) and Dean's like what's wrong with it and Sam goes well for starters they're cassette tapes (laughs) which is great he is a person that also owns a car that only plays cassette tapes I get it (laughs) (laughs) Dean would never never do that to his baby (laughs) he would never Vandalate or violate her uh, as to play CDs. <laughs> He's such a nerd. I love him. Um, I made a note about the grittiness of the early seasons. Even in the daylight, there's just, and part of it's because of the kind of softness of film. Um, the, the show f- shot on film through season three, I think. Um, but they also. They used to let the car get dirty. Yeah. <laughs> now they don't let the car get dirty. Unless it's like Dean, you know, the, there was a big whatever, and now the car is covered in mud or some shit, you know? They just, they don't let her get, that's like situational, yeah. you know, crud. Which not makes more sense for regular. Dirty, for driving yeah, exactly. Like, time. what the fuck does Dean do? Just like clean and wax the car at every motel they ever stop at. Like, <laughs> the first this... thing they do when they stop is go get the car washed. <laughs> Good fucking lord. There's no way that Dean Winchester would take the Impala through a car wash. No way in hell. Like, you could not pay him money. You could not. <laughs> like, Why is God. it so fucking clean all the time? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We also learned that the boys, um, or that at least Dean and John, get their money through credit card scams, which just does not sound like a sustainable way to fund your life, but I mean, hunting doesn't exactly pay. This is where we get to, the boy get to crime scene, and the car is spotless. Um, and they decide to go in 
as federal marshals? Because sure, Dean, you totally look like federal marshals. And they're not even Sam, dressed up. Sam's wearing a goddamn hoodie. <laughs> it's just a bunch like of twenty-two. Just just a couple of babies walking into a crime scene with street clothes and badges. Like, oh my god! Don't, wait, don't the police guy? Doesn't he what like remark? Do don't you look young for federal marshals? He's, like, so he's yeah. like, thanks. Yeah, he's like, you're a little young for federal marshals, and Dean's like, that's awfully kind of you. Aren't you a little young to be astronauts or whatever? Well, yes, yes, yes we, we are. are. <laughs> I love that show. It's been a long time since I watched show. that show. Um, but yeah, they kind of overhear that Troy's girlfriend, Amy, has been um, passing up and putting out missing posters in town. Um, oh, real quick. And they, what? They, they say their names are Agent Mulder and Agent Scully. No. That's what he calls the um, FBI agents who show up as they're leaving. Oh. Yeah. He it's says Agent Mulder, somewhere. Agent Scully. Which is an X-Files reference. Because <laughs> as the boys are leaving, the actual federal marshals arrive <laughs> with a couple of FBI agents in tow. Well, I like Sam the reference Bird. because a lot of the cast or the crew worked on X-Files, yes. right? Yes. Quite a few of them. Look at you remembering all my mm. trivia. <laughs> a lot of the cast act or crew, sorry, not cast. The, a lot of the, at least the original crew of the show, worked on X Files because they both X Files filmed in Vancouver. Um, so a lot of the crew, just in Vancouver in general, has worked on X Files at some point. A little nod to the last show they worked. Yeah, on. exactly. Yeah, One of them they worked yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. William Kripke specifically. Um. Did he work on X-Files? No. Kripke specifically references X-Files as kind of an inspiration for the show. So there are lots of X-Files references as we go. Lots and lots. And yet there's not really aliens in Supernatural, is there? Nope. Other than fake alien? No. Yeah, there's no real aliens in Supernatural. Which is a missed um, opportunity. But yeah, the boys. That'd be a good spinoff. That'd <laughs> be a wild spin Supernatural in space. Oh my god. Supernatural okay. ET. <laughs> okay, the boys go to town and they find Amy and her friend, and luckily, somehow, the first of, the, of two women they go up to is Amy and not the friend. I guess there's a 50 50 chance, but it still makes me laugh that they. They, the two goth girls in the restaurant? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They introduce themselves as Troy's uncles. Um. Okay, sure, guys. They use that. They use that line a lot. What? They use that. They um, we're like uncles, or they say they're nephews in Bugs. That's what they say. Yeah. They like to pass themselves off as distant relatives. Um, and they find out from the girls that there's like a local folklore legend, um, about a woman who was murdered on Centennial Highway, and now she hicks, hitchhikes and murders men, like. Um, and then the boys take that, that folklore, and they go to the library. <laughs> this library scene is actually the first scene the boys filmed together, or filmed in general, if I remember correctly. And I really like it, because it's a very, like, brother dynamic scene. I, I mentioned this the first time we recorded it, too. The library set for this episode really looks like the library set from It, <laughs> Chapter 1. Does it? It just looks a lot that. like it. The lighting, the layout, the yeah. 80s-ish, you know? <laughs> yeah. Style it's to definitely it. definitely old-fashioned. Eerie. Yeah. 
Yeah. The lighting's um, just eerie in this whole episode. <laughs> so, we'll get into the lore stuff once we get to the hotel and find out about the woman in white. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is the first scene the boy that Jared and Jensen have filmed. Um, and I love it, because you get Dean, like, typing in stuff, and Sam's like, let me do it, and then just, like, shoves him out of the way <laughs> in the wheelie chairs, which I love. Um, also, this is a great example of how local legends and folktales start with a little bit of truth and then are kind of twisted over time telephone style. Because yeah. the girls told him about like a murder on Centennial Highway, but it actually turns out that it was a suicide. Uh, and they learned about um, Constance Welch, who is the woman that we saw earlier in the episode. Uh, and she, her children drowned in a bathtub and she was so distraught that she committed suicide by jumping off of the bridge on Centennial Highway where Troy's car was found. Mm-hmm. Um so, why do I have a line about lying to Jess? Oh, because the boys go to the hotel. <laughs> right? No, this is before that. I'm sorry, I'm trying to make sense of my notes. Um, uh, they, oh, they go to the bridge. Yeah, they go to the bridge. That's where they go. They go to check out the scene where Constance died, talk about some family stuff. Um, Dean kind of ra- uh, gives Sam some crap for lying to Jess, which I'm lying to Jess didn't help protect her in any way, shape, or form, but I don't think telling the truth would have either very much. Um, I don't know, maybe. But, um... They go to the bridge. Yes. And, and Paula gets possessed. Yeah, but before that, they talk about some family stuff. Um, and Sam kind of gets into a little bit how he, you know... Is this where he does the, you know, dad and his crusade? If it wasn't for pictures, I wouldn't even know what mom looked like. That's what, yeah, that's what the line is. And Dean blows up a little at this. He gets a little, at more than a little agitated. He shoves Sam into a, like a post but (laughs) um I think Dean has locked down a lot of the trauma so much that he Dean is the kind of guy who bottles up his feelings and then they kind of explode out of him Mm -hmm. at moments with seemingly kind of minor small triggers and he um but the boys are interrupted by the arrival of Constance Welsh who jumps from the bridge and then (laughs) Possesses the car. <laughs> is this the only time the Impala's possessed? No. Okay. This is just the first. <laughs> I think there's. I think there's only one other time it gets possessed. But was it with ghosts possessing cars? God, I don't know. They're <laughs> it big. A lot. <laughs> they're big and mobile, and make good weapons. <laughs> um, but the boys end up jumping over the. Well, the railing. Well, Sam holds on to the bridge. Sam, yeah, Sam, like, Sam, like, does a fancy thing where he holds onto the railing and jump, throws his body over, so he's on the other side, but Dean, Dean just yeets right into the river. Dean just fucking swan dives, man. He like, goes for it. <laughs> he does not think about the fact that he's, there's nothing on the other side of the railing. Uh... 
uh, he gets covered in mud. And we get a you smell like a toilet line once they make sure the car is okay. And this is where they go to the motel uh, and find out that a uh, guy with the same last name as the fake ID Dean's using uh, checked in, like booked the room for the whole month. And so they break into they break into John's room. And this is where they find uh let me find it. This whole serial killer wall. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um they find John's serial killer wall and also the half-eaten burger he left on the nightstand, which is fucking gross, man. <laughs> um and Dad's journal. Yes. Well, we don't find Dad's journal yet. We get Dad's journal when they go to... I just have a note that says, Dad's journal. <laughs> yeah, because gets arrested. Dean gets arrested. Um, <laughs> we're not to that point yet. This is where we find out that John knew what the monster was. Because um, he's got he's got a whole bunch of research up. He figured out the whole thing about Constance. And he's figured out that they're looking at a woman in white. Um, there's also a mention... Sam mentions that there's cat's eye shells in front of the door. Which I did a little Googling. It's a form of protection. I'm guessing kind of like salt is. When you can eye shells. Yeah, I don't know what they really are. Um, they shells? Like sea <laughs> I mean, it's in the name. So Let me like look it up. Shells? I don't know. Cat's eye shell. A lot of things Here have shells. <laughs> yeah. They're, I guess, a specific kind of shell. What is a cat's eye shell? It's the common name for the lid of a common sea snail. When the snail is threatened, it withdraws into the shell. So, it's their, like, it's, oh, it's the, like, the lid. The sea snail. Well, so, the, the shells have, like, a lid that covers the opening, and I guess that's what the... It looks like a cat eye. It does look like an eyeball. Uh, that's kind of freaky. So, but this is also the only time they're ever mentioned. Hmm. So that's fun. Alright. Oh! I mean, I don't think they would be very convenient to have on hand. Yeah, salt's much more convenient, because you could buy a thing of table salt for, like, a buck from Walmart. Less than that. Um, but yeah, this is where we find out about the woman in white. Uh, we don't really get into the lore of it yet. Sam kind of gets into it later, I think. Um, after Dean escapes from the police station. But for now, the boys have a little moment before Dean gets in the shower where Sam's like, you know, um, you know, sorry for lashing out at you like that. And Dean says, no chick flick moments, which is his line. And then they do the bitch jerk thing. It's the first instance of that. And it always makes me a little bit soft inside. It's cute. It makes me happy. <laughs> it's just, it's it's one of those little things that sets up the boys' dynamic. Like, yeah. just that, uh, you know, Dean calls Sam a bitch. And then Sam just, like, laughs a little and says, jerk. <laughs> and it just, that little exchange tells you so much about the boys yeah. and about... You know, they're kind of secret language that they have where an insult is a, is their way of saying I love you, you know? Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, Dean go after Dean cleans up because he's still, he's like covered in dried mud still. <laughs> he cleans up and then while Sam is checking his voicemails, um, Dean decides to go get food and is apprehended by the cops. And this is where we get the iconic 
moment where the um, policeman's like, you know, fake IDs, fake credit cards, is anything about on you real? And Dean says, my boobs. <laughs> and then gets slammed into the hood of a cop car. It's great. <laughs> um, but he did, he did call and warn Sam that the police were coming. So Sam escaped out of back window, I guess. Most motels that I've stayed in, like, are, like, hotels that are kind of set up like this. Don't have a back Don't have window. a back. They have one window, and it's by the door. So and I don't know. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes they have a bathroom window. Maybe but this is Sam of. Winchester we're talking about. Those bathroom windows are not big. And also, we no. never see the bathroom. So I don't really know how he got out of the room, but he did. <laughs> and he escapes. So we cut to Dean at the police station. And this is where we find out that John left his journal behind. Um, he never goes any. They, Sam later says he never goes anywhere without that thing. Where did the cops find the? In the motel room. Oh, because they went and searched it after. Yeah, they searched the motel room. But meanwhile, while Dean is in uh, the police station, Sam goes to cop talk to Joseph Welch, who is Constance's husband. Um, and we find out that you know Constance was so devastated after her children died that she you know she just couldn't handle it and that's why she committed suicide um and Sam actually like confronts Joseph and like goes full on he's like nah you cheated on your wife and this is how I know and this is where we get into the lore of the woman in white I know I have this saved So, according to the Supernatural Wiki, a woman in white is a type of ghost or spirit that commonly kidnaps men or even children after suffering from love issues and committing suicide when alive. Uh, They've existed for centuries and have appeared in Hawaii, Mexico, and the United States. Specifically, um, they're the ghosts of deceased beautiful women who wear white dresses and kidnap people they interact with. When they were alive, they all had children, and when they suffered a um, alienation from the men they love when the men be- they loved became unfaithful they drown their children and then commit suicide and now must spend the eternity their rest of eternity looking for their children they roam rivers and rows and when they find a man who is unfaithful they kill him and the men are never seen again they might find a man who has not already cheated they try to make them cheat by seducing them and then get angry when the men refuse to obey which we will see later in this episode when sam resists constance welch's seduction Mm -hmm. uh and attack them while taking on their true form which we also see which is fucking creepy but i know you did a little more research on women in white the real life lore yeah not just based on the show lore (laughs) um it's pretty similar, but there are some differences. Do you want me to go into it? Mm-hmm. I have one. So, women in white, or in kind of more popular, like, popularized in, like, Hispanic lore as La Llorona. Yeah. Or huh. the Weeping Woman. She can roll her R's. So I'm not not, not all the time. I'm I actually can't. surprised that came out. I can't do that. <laughs> um... Yeah. So La Llorona is the one that I think is the most recognizable. Weeping woman, woman in white. I think La, La Llorona translates to weeping woman in mm-hmm. Spanish. Um, but on legendsofamerica.com, it says this about her. 
So Spanish for the weeping woman has been part of Hispanic culture in the Southwest since the days of the conquistadors. The tall, thin spirit is said to be blessed with natural beauty and long, flowing black hair. Wearing a white gown, she roams the rivers and creeks, wailing into the night and searching for children to drag, screaming to a watery grave. Fun. Yeah, fun <laughs> stuff. Um, then Wikipedia says this about her. Um, she's a ghost that roams waterfront areas, mourning for her drowned children. In a typical version of the legend, a beautiful woman named Maria marries a rich ranchero with whom she bears two children. One day, Maria sees her husband with another woman, and in a fit of blind rage, she drowns their children in a river, which she immediately regrets. Unable to save them and consumed by guilt, she drowns herself as well, but is unable to enter the afterlife without her children. Um... Recurring themes and variations on the La Llorona myth include white dresses, nocturnal wailing, and an association with water. Um, so in both Hispanic and U.S. folklore, she has been used as a story to scare children into obedience and to not play near dangerous water. Cool. I have a few friends who grew up listening to stories of La Llorona. Really? And specifically women in white. It's one of those folklore stories that you tell children to get them to obey. Yeah. Which is honestly what all the fairy tales are for. Oh, that's yeah. That's why they're all actually terrifying. You know, <laughs> the true origins and the true story of them. Yeah, let's... <laughs> the Grimm brothers were a little bit fucked in the head. <laughs> yeah. Good name for them. Honest to God. Um, I have a note in here about how they try to make Jared look normal size, but sometimes they can't do anything because he's just a fucking giant. Because during this scene with Joseph, he just towers. He just fucking towers over the guy. He's wait, like wait, a what full are we talking about? Jared's height. Oh. He's like a full foot and a half taller than him. Um, <laughs> but Sam spills this whole thing to Joseph. Um, I'm assuming an attempt to help Joseph realize how realize how his choices um, led to what happened to Constance and his children led to Constance. Uh, killing her own children, which is a horrible thing for any mother to do in any circumstance. And you know, like, I'm not a mother myself. I have no plans to be one unless they have four legs and floppy ears. Um, <laughs> dog <laughs> like, mom. Dog mom for the win. Um, but they're, like, you just, you just know, like, moms don't hurt their children. So if a mother is willing to go so far as to not just her, but to kill her own child. It's like, because she something mentally something is wrong. Something <laughs> is going on. Um, you know. So and like in the the myth that Beeb just read, um, the thing about a fit of blind rage. You know, mm -hmm. it's an act of passion, not of a good passion. <laughs> Honestly, um, hi, I like true crime. A lot of murders, like the majority of murders, are actually committed by someone who knew the victim, and a lot of them are actually crimes of passion. Yeah. Because um, people just get so... And obviously that doesn't excuse what they did, but what happens is they will get so angry that they will do something they wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Um, and things like infidelity are a one of the big triggers. So, um, but yeah, so we... Sam is so intense during this scene. Um, 
But we leave we leave Sam to go back to Dean, who is being uh, interrogated still, and he insists that the the numbers. Oh yeah. The policeman flips to a page in John's journal that says Dean with some numbers underneath it, like, circled, and is like, your name is Dean, what do these numbers mean? And Dean's like, it's my high school locker combo, dude. Uh, (laughs) And, like, he's trying to pass that lie off when they get a call about shots fired. Um, And Dean gets handcuffed to the table. (laughs) But the dude fucking leaves him there with the journal. With a paperclip sticking out of it, which this is where we get the dramatic zoom on the paperclip. And it's so good. (laughs) It's so bad, it's good. I love it. Uh, And Dean picks the thing, and then we get kind of Ninja Dean scaling the building, and he calls Sam um, from a payphone and is like, faking a night. Oh, earlier in the episode, Dean's like, you still running credit card scams? That's pretty illegal. And here, Dean says, um... I don't know, Sam, you fake 911 call? That's pretty illegal. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Sam, like, goes through the stuff that he learned uh, with Dean, which is that Constance was buried behind her old house. But, like, they're like, well, John would have burned the body, but obviously something got missed. Uh, Dean goes into, you know, that John's journal was left behind, and he... You know, he left a note for them, uh, which is coordinates. Um, And this is just kind of a little detail, but I love how there's all this, like, kind of slowly revealed backstory about all the systems that the boys have set up uh, and the systems that they have set up with John. Fail-safes and code words that we find out some more of them as the show goes on. With the Um, latitude and longitude coordinates? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of them that uh, anyone who has watched the show through all the way at least once or seen through season nine uh, will probably be familiar with is Poughkeepsie, which is their word for, um, it's like their pack up and run something's wrong word. You know, they have, an, they have another one uh, that's Funky Town, which is their way of saying, I have a gun to my head, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, like, I love, I love those because it just fleshes out just a little further you know it was all um john winchester's ideas oh yeah (laughs) some of them though i think are specifically um things specifically for the boys Mm -hmm. like something that they came up with on their own you can just imagine a young sam and dean sitting on a motel bed planning out if we get separated you go to this motel this you know, in this, you know, in a specific, whatever town you're in, you go to a phone book, you find the, whatever hotel in the yellow pages, you ask for this room number, or you're like, you can just imagine them planning things out, and I love it. It makes yeah. me happy. Oh my gosh. Um, but this is when Con- Sam literally runs into a ghost. <laughs> yeah. And Constance gets in the backseat of the Impala. And says, take me home. Um, and takes over the car when Sam refuses to drive. And drives back to their house. Or to her house. Um, and tries to make Sam be unfaithful to her. But luckily Dean arrives. And shoots a ghost with regular bullets. 
The he actually kid, shoots the Impala's window. Yeah, he takes out the Impala's window. Because, I mean, he does love that car. But Sam is more important. <laughs> um, But also, it's just a window. He can replace a window. He can't replace a brother. You know? Yeah. His mom's dead. His dad's missing. No new. There's no new brothers happening. <laughs> That's a really dumb joke. <laughs> the new brothers. Any no new brothers, Sammy. <laughs> oh, he's only got one of those. <laughs> so, but yeah, Dean shoots a ghost with regular bullets. <laughs> Which okay. Somehow works. At least it I guess he kind of startles and distracts her. Yeah. We do see though. And gives Sam enough time. When she's like. Trying to get Sam to be unfaithful, she does turn into her real form. Yeah, she does. Terrifying. Oh, it's so fucking creepy. There's one thing Supernatural does excellent almost every time is their special effects makeup. Those special effects artists, they are so fucking talented. I follow a few of them on Instagram. I can't remember any of their names off the top of my head. But I mean, technically, she shouldn't be able to kill him unless he's been unfaithful, right? Well, but um, she was able to hurt him. So. At least in the the the, the the lore on the supernatural wiki, which I'm, is kind of inferred, is and taken as far as like not being completely truthful, just about his past, maybe. I had honestly Even he's not physically <laughs> unfaithful to her, like with another woman, but he's like not being honest with her. I had honest to God not even thought of that. I mean, it's been brought up in the episode before, and that makes sense. They do bring up. They actually it does talk come about up. that right before she shows herself for the first yeah, time. Yeah, is that Sam is lying to Jess? I, honest to God, had not thought of that. <laughs> Go back here. I <laughs> just was remembering <laughs> in the lore that I copied over from the wiki because I just copied and pasted it. They do say something about um, if. Uh, if the woman in white finds a man who hasn't been unfaithful that she will try to make him be unfaithful and if he refuses she'll get like angrier and angrier and reveal Mm -hmm. her true form. That could make more sense. (laughs) But I don't know if they're just inferring that from what happens in the episode or if that was like something that they found looking around in other lore if that's something that Well, when I was looking into you didn't find anything about that. There's nothing about that I could read about them yeah. trying to make someone unfaithful or going yeah. after so, someone being unfaithful. That might just be something that was kind of inferred from the episode. It's more she's just looking for her children. Yeah, in the in the real life lore, yeah. In fact, children are more the targets for her than actual men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that could just be because it's a fairy tale when you're trying to scare the children, right? Yeah. Know. Um, so, but I, yeah, I don't know for sure if the, where the super wiki got that specific bit of lore from, if that was pulled from myths that they, the, the curators had found somewhere, or if that was just inferred from the episode, but that is, like, the explanation for it, is that he, she was trying to make him be unfaithful, and when he refused, she got so angry that her true face was revealed, which is what happened. Right. Um. But I do really like the idea that Sam is not being 100% true to Jess. Not just in true to her, like, faithful, like, in their relationship. But he's not being faithful to her, like, in his heart because he's still keeping things from her. I really like that. It kind of makes sense. It makes so much sense. And it's brought up several times in the episode. And he carries a lot of guilt after this episode for he yeah, he thinks that maybe if he'd told her the truth that she would have 
they he could have they could have done something to prevent her death you know mm-hmm. and he lied to her and now she's dead and so he kind of blames himself for it but i honest to god had not even thought of that and i really like it <laughs> go it could, babe it could be i don't know <laughs> i really like that it kind that of makes take sense, on it um but yeah this is where sam yeah dean shoots the ghost with a regular gun and buys sam enough time to drive the car into the goddamn house <laughs> which Farm is Paula. intense <laughs> Oh my gosh. But in doing so, yeah, he even (laughs) says it. Yeah, and God, it's so cheesy. He like he turns the car on and you hear the engine rev and he goes, I'm taking you home. And then drives (laughs) through a wall. And it's so dramatic. And I love it. (laughs) You can imagine being like, bruh, take a car. (laughs) Dean's like, Sam. Yes, that's the way Dean says Sam's name every single time, I swear to God. Um, then we get creepy But children. in doing so, <laughs> in doing this, driving into the house, Sam has brought Constance over the barrier that she herself refused to cross. For good reason, because here are her kids at the top of the stairs well, she, she... with water dripping down and creepy echoey voices. It's more of it. So she fucking scary. can't go home, right? She says, I can never go home. Yeah. Which is, I've, I interpreted it as, like, uh, she can't face her children. It's not like she's, like, looking for them. It's not, not in this one. Oh, yeah. In the, in the real life life (laughs) war, she's looking for them. In this one, she's punishing men who remind her of her husband. But, and she can't go into, well, she, she can physically go into the house, but she emotionally, like, Mm -hmm. will not let herself do it. Because she's harboring all that guilt from um, being the one who killed her kids. Yeah. <laughs> I was seeing if the... There's a teeny tiny spike. I was seeing if that car was going to show up on the audio recording. <laughs> I live right next to the freeway. It gets loud sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get, the, we get some kind of tropey but real fucking effective creepy children with the water dripping down the stairs because they drown in the bathtub and creepy children voices which i do not like i hate the creepy children (laughs) creepy children are creepy they sound like adults trying to talk like children (laughs) creepy children are creepy is my version of cinema cinema wins um badass good guy is a badass good guy (laughs) or something or whatever their line is and they're effective, and I hate them. <laughs> um, but the children, like, glitch down the stairs. Yeah, bad, <laughs> I'm going to describe it. Like, up. bad CGI it's down not... the stairs. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call that specific part bad CGI. Oh, to see wait, But they like, they, like, flicker as they come down the stairs. I, I feel like they mostly just teleport right down. Do they stop in the middle? I don't know. But it I looks like remember. they glitch. It's really, it's kind of, I just came up with that thought in my head. <laughs> the glitch. It's really accurate. But though. then we get some, some fucking wild CGI. special wild. effects. It's, I love that we both, we watched this separately. We both made a remark on how bad the CGI is. It's here. not necessarily bad. It's just it's crazy bad. over the top. <laughs> bad. Okay, it's bad. If it's crazy over the top, it means it's bad. It's so wild. I don't know what the thought process was. What? Because we don't know what the fuck happens here. Yeah, but they, I guess they 
pull Constance down to hell or something? I don't know. Um, but and yeah. They finally go home together. I guess. So they do it in a creepy, weird yeah. way. So yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. And then, you know, <laughs> Dean's like, oh, huh, I guess she never could go home or something like that. And then he smacks Sam in the chest where he's got, like, claw marks <laughs> from being attacked by a fucking ghost. <laughs> and Sam's just like, <laughs> and Dean says, Dean has this great, uh, I'm a, let me tell you, if you fucked up my car, he doesn't say fucked up, but I feel like this is a moment where he would, if you messed up my car, I'll kill you. <laughs> Which is such I a mean, Dean moment. He did drive it through a house. He it's drove it through a goddamn up a little house. Bit. <laughs> I'm honest to, honest to God, really surprised the windshield didn't shatter doing that, but apparently it didn't. Um, it's probably kind of scratched up. I don't really know, I didn't really pay attention whether or not it was scratched up in the last scene as we see it. Um, covered in debris. It's does. She needs a goddamn bath. Um, but yeah, we cut to the road, I think. Um, and Dean is spending more time looking at his brother than at the goddamn road. I am pretty sure, I'm not entirely sure, but this scene may have been filmed with a trailer, um, which is where they put the car, they, like, drive the car up onto a trailer and tow it, mm-hmm. and behind the other vehicle, so they don't have to worry about the actor accidentally crashing the car during a scene. Um, but you also get where they're not actually paying attention to the road as much yes, as they would that is the realistically downside. do. <laughs> In Hawaii Five-O, there are lots and lots of car scenes where Steve and Danny are sitting in the car together and Steve is full on not looking at the road for like whole big long lines and I'm like I I know you're like a Navy SEAL badass dude who <laughs> drives a car and creep me on but you still need eyes <laughs> to look at the road <laughs> fucking hell the man take your eyes off your husband I ship that one hardcore <laughs> I love I love Hawaii Five-0 um, I love a wall of shows, but Supernatural's still my favorite. But we get, I think we get another ACDC song at this point. We got one earlier in the episode, or at least in the original, in the, um, it's not on Netflix, but if you get the DVD, or pirate it, <laughs> uh, you'll get the original soundtrack, and there are we'll two ACDC it. songs Great. in this episode. Um, I don't know if I made a note of them. Did I? I don't think I did. I didn't. You do for later episodes. I do for later episodes, yeah. But, um, but yeah. So, Dean takes Sam home. Oh, they, Sam, Sam says that, uh, Sam's looking at a map. And he finds the coordinates John left them on a, on the map, and it's Blackwater Ridge, Colorado. Next um, episode. Which is where we go in the next episode, yeah. And Dean's like, well, we can be there in no time. And Sam's like, no, I have my interview. <laughs> And makes him take him home to Palo Alto. Um, we get the cute little, uh, we made a hell of a team out there moment. And then Dean drives away. Uh, and Sam goes into his apartment. And it's a real good thing he's not a join my girlfriend in the shower kind of guy. Because she's not in the shower. <laughs> you can, you can the hear. Shower. I want to know how long the water was running. Because. <laughs> the not like long. How. Did the, cause that, that, like, how long, cause Jess is already on the ceiling dead when 
Sam shows up. She's not already dead, though, is she? I mean, she's not dead. She's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess there's no blood that's dripped down, so she probably hasn't been up there too long. Yeah. But, like, I don't... I don't know. I've just always wondered how long the shower was on for. <laughs> but Jess is on the ceiling. I also put in my notes, how long was Jess on the ceiling for? Apparently, probably not that long. I mean, I, I guess... Gonna, it was that long before. A demon could... If I mean, if a demon can hang someone up on the ceiling like that, point for Sam they can, yeah, they can stop the blood from dripping down until Sam is there. Yeah. Because it, like, drips, two little drips on his forehead. It was and obviously he... waiting until Sam got home. Yeah, yeah. But I just wonder how long did they have to wait? Like, when did they set up? <laughs> like, was there a demon, like, peeking through the blinds out know, front? Their like, is always impeccable. <laughs> I don't fucking know, but I just like to imagine, like, what was the logistics of this? Like, was there a little, like, minion demon peeking through the blinds? Like, okay, the Impala's turning the corner, go! <laughs> <laughs> like, Dramatic what? flare. What was... What was... <laughs> how did this happen? I just want to know. I really want to know what was going on with Yellow Eyes during, like... Oh, my God. Um, it was very well orchestrated, <laughs> but yeah, put together. Jess was on the ce- Jess is on the ceiling, a la Mary, at the beginning of this episode, and it bursts into flame. And this is some special CGI. <laughs> um, I do. I actually I have a note in here. I have a spreadsheet. I will link it in the episode notes. Um. <laughs> It's just Jared's injuries and, like, close calls, because I swear to God, the man needs to be wrapped in bubble wrap. <laughs> He's fucking hopeless. Uh, he was almost, he, there's a, I have to open it, because I don't remember the exact, I think it was Samantha Smith who talked about it. Where's my spreadsheets? <laughs> Here we go. His injuries and near misses. That's what it's called, I think. Uh. Um, I think it was Samantha Smith who mentioned that I just scrolled way too far over that Jared almost got caught in this burning room <laughs> while doing this episode it's, it actually lit the room on fire I guess I don't fucking know what the process <laughs> for that was I thought that was pretty CGI looking. I don't know, man. Fire, roof fire. There. <laughs> yeah. Jared has a lot of injuries. There are two in season one alone. Uh, did I mention? I feel like I must have mentioned Jared cutting himself with a prop knife in episode four, but maybe I didn't. Because um, he does that. <laughs> he cut himself with a prop knife. Um, before Supernatural even started filming in like 2002, 2003, Jared filmed a pilot for a young MacGyver TV show that didn't end up getting picked up. But there's a scene where he, like, propels down to save someone. He's MacGyver, you know? And <laughs> he injured his hip. <laughs> he fucked his hip up. Because oh the man is a walking disaster waiting to happen. Honest to God. He he has m- so many injuries just from the sh- supernatural alone. There are two in season one. He breaks his wrist in season two. There's one in season three, one in season four. He hurt himself during Friday the 13th. Uh, during season five, he has a near miss. Person. <laughs> honest to God. Even like outside, offset, like 
in 2012-2013 during Christmas break, he broke a rib while skiing. He wasn't, if I remember correctly, I don't think he was supposed to be skiing. Because I'm pretty sure... No, that's before he gets his shoulder dislocated. There was a time during the when he had his shoulder injury in 2014 when the production, like the powers that be, were like, Jared, stay home, sit on your couch, don't you dare fucking do anything. And he was like, I'm gonna go skiing. And they were like, you're a fucking moron. I'm gonna, fucking, I'm like, gonna kill you before you kill yourself. God. Oh my gosh. But yeah. Uh, luckily, okay. Back, back to the show. <laughs> Dean saves Sam from a burning room. Um, poor Sam. Like watches, cause Dean like spins them around as they leave, to, like drag Sam out of the room, mm-hmm. and um. Sam, like, can see Jess over Dean's shoulder, and, ah, uh, hurts. Also, poor, baby. poor Jess. Poor Jess. <laughs> Good lord. She's the wrong All she to date. did, all she did was date Sam Winchester. <laughs> he has the dick of death. That is, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing in the fandom. Poisonous dick. He has poisonous dick. I mean, basically every woman he's ever slept with has died. <laughs> Um, there are two deleted scenes at the end of this episode. There's one, um, when Sam gets back to his apartment, when he goes, he, you know, he eats the cookie, and then you cut to Dean noticing that his watch stopped and turning the Impala around, which is, I believe, a callback to the clock in Sam's nursery stopping at the, at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of so minute, like, because he just, like, he just, like, looks at his watch and it, like, does, it, like, it's not long enough for you to be like, oh my god, the watch has stopped. He just, like, looks at his watch. I don't know, it doesn't really work. Maybe if they'd had, like, flickering lamp posts or something. That, <laughs> like, that might have been more effective, but, yeah, that's probably why they cut it, but. Also, it adds more, like, surprise and drama that he, like, shows up out of nowhere. Like, where Yeah, but there's from? also a little confusion of, like, how the fuck did he know to turn around? You know, <laughs> um, and then there's one afterwards where there's a little bit added to the we got work to do scene where Dean asks, how are you doing? And Sam says, I'm fine. And then he says, we got work to do. Um, and there's actually there is a shot of them driving away at the yeah. end. They cut. But in the final episode, they just end it with the trunk closing, which I, I think like is better. I really like it. I It's much more. Final. Uh, yeah, it's it, that. Oh, it's so good. And plus, that shot of the trunk closing uh, became iconic. <laughs> it's, it's such a good, yeah, such a good like shot. The start of their journey together. But yeah, um, I don't have a whole lot of Sam meta in this episode. Um, God. But now, the boy who wanted to have a safe, normal life. Um, I think he even says at one point, I don't remember what episode it is, it might have been this one, where Dean's like, oh, you want your safe little apple pie life, and Sam's like, no, not safe, normal, Yeah. Uh, you know, um, he doesn't, because as we'll learn throughout the show, Sam has always felt like the freak, he's the new kid all the time, the, you know, he's the odd one out, he's, he lives out of motel rooms, and <laughs> his 
car and he doesn't have a mom and his dad's always gone and his you know he loves his brother but Sam has always felt like the freak in everywhere even within his own family um so he's always craved some normalcy yeah um so but here we have the the guy who had normal losing normal and at Life least for the purpose to have a normal life. <laughs> at least for the purposes of revenge at the moment getting back into the hunting life which will lead to 15 goddamn seasons of TV <laughs> to 326 more episodes wow yes luckily we've already watched 9 of them 8 you could almost watch one episode a day for a year and almost have one new episode a day for a year. Yes. Yes, you could. <laughs> That's a lot of episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know there was a thing going around um, not long before this this series ended where people were like, you know what would be a great idea? Is starting in the like October or end of September, beginning of October when the season usually starts on a Thursday... Uh, watch the pilot watch episode 2 the next week watch episode 3 the next week and follow the uh, release schedule schedule. (laughs) and just start over (laughs) 15 more years of television and what we're doing (laughs) it's kind of what we're doing I don't plan on taking I don't plan on taking a summer break but (laughs) we are rewatching it and it's going to take us a fucking long time at this rate yes (laughs) i think i have the way that i've got it scheduled out so far which has been changing and shifting as we go is there's over 200 episodes which is we filmed eight um, so far and one twice (laughs) i mean we've recorded eight yeah yes um but like release wise that's over for about a little less than four years of episodes because a year is 52 weeks long oh, so wow. if we did one a week like we're planning to this is a long-term podcast here. <laughs> i told you i told you and we do have some mind. um we do actually have uh what i affectionately call combo episodes where we've paired up two episodes of one the more. show um, I think there are two planned trios in there, in the schedule. That may, they may not ever come to fruition. They may become combo or solos. There's also some that were planned combos that became solo episodes. Yes. And vice versa. And vice versa, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so what we do have is we have solo episodes planned like this one. We, I think next week's episode is a solo episode. Which was going to be a duo episode, but we had a lot to talk but, about. Yeah, so. we, we surprised ourselves with that one. Um, uh, three and four are a combo, and, you know, so on. So, you know what episode you might be surprised is a solo? Both <laughs> is of us were surprised. Bugs. <laughs> we spent, we have one episode for bugs. I did. Part of that was pre-planned when we combined other ones instead and did some yeah it kind of said it kind of worked itself out like that but it, it honestly actually ended up working out. out really really well because i had so we had much enough to, to say. say about it so. i had so much to say so yeah but yeah that's kind of the that's kind of how this is gonna work um we're gonna have solo episodes like uh this uh, this one solo episodes like next week and then do episodes 
or combo episodes like uh, will happen in a couple of weeks. Um, so it won't be <laughs> 327 <laughs> weeks of Supernatural. <laughs> so yeah, that is that's kind of the plan. Um, we also have some fun ideas for patreon for yeah for other um spin on kind of spin-offy podcasts we could do later down the line Haley has uh, has had some cool ideas for other shows we could cover that aren't necessarily supernatural related but are something she think i thinks i would also enjoy um so yeah we've got a lot of really fun stuff planned um do you have anything else you want to say before i start wrapping up babe nope no okay uh, before we wrap up this episode, I want to give a special shout out to Jeremy Greer from the Monster of the Week podcast. If you guys are into Supernatural, I highly recommend that podcast. Chris and Jeremy talk Supernatural every single week. Uh, and they, I, like <laughs> they, I don't know what it is, but to, uh, they're just good guys. They're really good guys. I consider them friends. I'm part of their Discord. They're really great really great guys and they always have really interesting insights and uh stuff to say and they're so fucking funny i cannot i cannot wait it's gonna take forever um i but i cannot wait till we get to the pasta cracker story (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) that it's a good one if you want the same um subject of podcast but from a male's perspective (laughs) (laughs) it's not just from a male's perspective but like chris and jeremy have different life experiences um neither of them are hugely deep into the fandom so they're coming at it from the perspective of not necessarily an outsider but of a fan who has only really interacted with the show so and they're also really fucking funny. I know I've already said mm-hmm. that, but they're really, really funny. So highly recommend checking them out. I also want to give a shout out to, uh, I want to make sure I have his last name right, Jake Lionheart. He is the incredible uh, artist who did the outro that you will be hearing in a few minutes. So I just want to give a special thank you to him. You can find a link to his Bandcamp and his uh, Spotify in the episode description. I'm pointing like you can see me but you can't (laughs) um he does amazing work he has a supernatural uh remix tape that's a lot of fun that i highly recommend checking out um but yeah i think that is all for this week uh if you want to contact the podcast share your thoughts uh maybe you have some kind of meta meta thoughts for an upcoming episode or anything, you know, things you want us to see, uh, your opinions on stuff, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, on Instagram at we need to talk about Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr at we need to talk about Sam. Um, I'm Lil Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. Both of those, all of those links will be in the description, the or the episode uh, notes. Haley, Beeb. Where can the people find you on the interwebs? <laughs> when I'm active on there, <laughs> which is not super often, but you can throw stuff my way and I'll feed eventually. <laughs> on Twitter, I'm Life Lives On Three, and Tumblr HF Thoughts Blog. Sweet. All right. So and the general podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you can same. obviously 
if you have a message for Haley, you can send it to the podcast website or the podcast accounts too. That yeah. works just fine. Um, all right. I think that is all for this week. Next week, we'll be covering season one, episode two, Wendigo, which is a much better episode than a lot of people say it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank, you for <laughs> thank you for listening, guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Captain America throws his mighty shield. Um, I'm Captain America. There's a baby. Aw, I have a Chloe in my lap. Hi. She crawled under the coffee table to get to me. Are you whining? You got got that glued into your mouth, huh? Just chew on it. Just chew on it. Don't bury it. Just chew on it. It's not gonna, no one's gonna take it. I have a baby. Hi, baby. Stick it out of her mouth mouth like a giant cigar. Chloe the mob boss. <laughs> She's cute. That was really cute. She crawled under the coffee table to jump up into my lap and sit here for a minute just to get a little. <laughs> That's what she does. Just to remind us that she exists. She's a dog that likes to be in the same room as you, but she's not really a lap dog. Like, yeah. she won't be glued onto your lap like some No, dogs. she's not super cuddly. Some like, days, sometimes she's cuddly. Yeah, like earlier I was playing video games and she came and laid on my lap for about Aww. two minutes. And that's all she needed. <laughs> yeah, she then just, she jumped down. <laughs> she just wants to remind you that she exists still. I mean, when she wants to play, she'll let you know. But most of the time, she just wants, she kind of wants to do her own little thing. She just wants to be in the same room as you. Yeah, she wants to be. follow me wherever I go. She wants to be included, and she'll throw a temper tantrum if she's not. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if we're ever, like, cuddling. Oh, my gosh. Or making out. (laughs) She'll stick her little nose in and try to be involved. God forbid. (laughs) We try. Like a third wheel pervert. Oh my gosh. She's (laughs) the worst. Do you remember when we were kissing in the car the other night and she's just sitting in the back seat just staring. Just straight What are you doing? Can I be involved? so funny. (laughs) Are you leaving me out? (laughs) Let's get get back into this. All right. Dean says Sam's out of practice. Are you sniffly or something? I'm trying to see. Are you trying to... It's a little tiny spike. Yes, the <laughs> microphone can hear you sniffling. But no, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Babe. <laughs> Fun to see the little spikey. You're so funny. Okay. Um...
want to go watch. I want to rewatch Person of Interest. I want to rewatch Burn Notice. I want to rewatch Person of Interest because <laughs> both are great shows. And uh I'm in a mood. <laughs> Didn't so, you say that she was in a relationship with another? Yes, that is one of the great things about Person of Interest is Sarah Shahi's character. Uh, and um, God, what's her name? The actress who plays Andrea Barr in Dead in the Water. Um, ah. Let me. The she the plays. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. She. Let me find it. Um, where's the full cast? Amy Acker. That's who it is. So Sarah Shahi and Amy Acker, their characters, have a sex scene that ended in bruises for both actresses. Uh, like, they're, like, throwing each other around the room. I and it's, see that. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. Um, it's a great show. We should watch that, babe. It's such a great show. Is it a show or a movie? Mm-hmm. It's a TV show. Okay. I don't remember how many seasons there are. I'd have to... Um, five, I think. Hmm. How many seasons? Is it a crime show, though? It's... I'm not normally into this. <laughs> how many seasons? I think there are five seasons. Yeah, there's 103 episodes, five seasons. So, I'll probably cut this out. Person of Interest... Um, is about a former CIA agent who partners with a billionaire software genius to, like, as a vigilante team. Um, Finch, the genius, has created this program called The Machine that um, uses pattern recognition to identify people who are going to either be victims or perpetrators of a crime. And so Reese's job, he's a CIA agent, his job is to find these people and either protect them or stop them from whatever they're doing mm-hmm. so it's 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 really interesting because all they get is like the social security number so they have to figure out who the person is and then they have to figure out if this person is going to be the victim or the perpetrator and then they have to stop <laughs> whatever is going to happen and they don't huh. always succeed uh, but sarah plays um Samin who is, like, a badass ex-military. Um, I know. The guy who plays John Reese, Jim Cavi... I don't know how to say his last name. Cavizel, I think. He... I know him. From the Count of Monte Cristo. He played the Count in the 2002 Count of Monte Cristo movie. He also played Jesus. In Passion of the Christ. Yeah. He's oh. a great actor. He's also... Have you seen Frequency? Maybe. He's in that. He's the main character in that. He is a very good actor. I am tangenting so hard. Let's <laughs> tangent back to the episode. 